Anyway, uh, I've decided that I'm going to run our latest podcast in the bunker with none other than living firearm community legend, Sam. Sam, uh, I got to tell you, I'm so pleased to be in your company. Every time I see you, it's always a blast. Always a good time, brother. All right. Uh, never, never a dull moment uh, hanging out in your company. And I'm, I'm always feeling good about the time that we spend together. And so you went on this, you went on this hunting trip. And when you told me you were to leaving for this one, I, I knew that it was going to be a big deal. And so uh, and what, were you, what were you going hunting for, Sam? What was, uh, the, what was the idea? Well, looking for moose, actually. Yeah. Going for a cow. I have a cow tag. And yeah. uh, other companies in our group had a, yeah. uh, had a bull tag, another bull tag, and another cow tag. So we have four tags to fill. Okay. And you, you're, you're going down with a group of guys you know, just to paint the picture for the audience. Good, brothers, you, good brothers from ages ago. Yeah? Yeah, from and, so yeah. guys, so they're guys, from the north, so yeah. that's where they live. That's what they do to bring meat home. Oh, okay. So I'm just joining them along on a family hunt. Okay, so you're so you're tagging along for the ride on a family hunt. They think enough of you to bring you out. Well, this family hunt has a big story to it. Really? Because it was a father that he was judo sensei. Yeah. Okay. Up there in the north and was instructing judo. And one day he came to his boys and told his boys, "If you guys don't come hunting with me, moose yeah. hunting with me, I'm selling all my guns." Oh God! And what, the story behind what kind, all what kind this. of threat is that? <laughs> <laughs> As they told him, selling all my guns. Yeah, yeah. And at that point, all the children had to obey and listen to dad, and they went up to this yep. place up in Ear Falls, which is about two thousand kilometers away from here. Yeah. Uh, and set up camp. I mean makeshift camp. I mean like uh, tarp, cardboard boxes. Sleeping bags. No way. It rained. <laughs> and they saw it through. None of them wanted to give up because they didn't want to give up on dad, right? Yeah, right on. Dad, you know, this is dad. This is dad oh. flying from a... This is dad, the guy that's on a float plane. Oh, there's a moose right there. Okay, slow down a bit. Yeah, yeah. The guy slows the float plane down. The guy dives off this boat, Navy SEAL style, with a, no. with a K-38. No, no, no. Get on the land to shoot this moose for his American hunters. Okay, come get it. Here's your moose. And they come over and they take their pictures and they go back home with it. And this is this oh is the man we're talking God. about. Okay, so right. Mr. Diehard. Like, <laughs> like, you know, Hamilton makes some tough steel. Yeah. This guy is made of a steel that you've never seen. This is Red Lake, Ontario yeah. steel. Like, uh, oh. like gold mine steel. Like, he was a miner up there. And, uh, Eat broken so, glass and yeah. spit out light bulbs so, kind so of steel. This, just the gentleman himself is a legend. Mr. Yeah. Durand himself is a legend, my yeah. friend's dad. A great guy. Yeah. And uh, <clears throat> told them they got to go up hunting. They're, they ended up out there in the rain, and it's snowing. They got sleeping bags, and yeah. it's getting cold, and it starts to snow. And it was quite a time for them. They they rugged it through. Yeah. They showed Dad they can do it. They got, yeah. you know, they don't. I don't think they got anything that year except for, you know, Ooh. a good chill. Oh, <clears throat> But hurt. still, they went out there, and they tried. And yeah. we've been going to that camp ever since. Right on. And that's a story about that camp. Right and every on. year, our stories are always better, different things. You know, like this year's my poor, my, my, my poor good friend Colton. Yeah. Well, he... Had a bull in his sights. Yeah. Went to rack the slide on the 30 odd six. You know, yeah. those bolt, uh, the, the pump, pump action 30 yeah, odd six. Yeah. Remington. Yeah. Sorry, Remington. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> this this gun has been given to them, to the family, because it just was like that. Just you couldn't get, you couldn't yeah. get 
a moose with it for some reason yeah. you just used to mess up you'd go to click it sometimes you couldn't pump it forward enough it wasn't oh. in battery it would go click and other stuff so he went click he made the sound of the ball took God, it off. he couldn't do it so he couldn't take a shot he couldn't took it took an ethical shot and other oh. things it, it was a great time though a long ride if you look up red lake ontario on your gps it'll yeah. tell you how long of a drive yeah. it is. And that's just the drive itself and then imagine three weeks out in the hunting Oof. waking up at sun up yeah Tell me making about their coffee, getting out there while it's dark, or before sunup, so it's dark out. Yeah, yeah. You get out there at dark, and you sit in your spot, and you do your call, or you wait for the sunup and sun to break, and then you do some call, and you try to get them a moose that really takes its time to get to you. Yeah. Uh, what? Yeah. No, wait. Okay, for, for those of you that have been paying close attention to the podcast, and you hear, you hear something... <laughs> shamelessly crying in the background for attention uh it, it's it's sam's pet dinosaur the <laughs> known as caesar right? the argentine <laughs> dogo. oh yeah like you know what he's a monster uh of an animal but beautiful but he, he does like to cry when he's not getting attention and you can tell that he's he's really suffering through a podcast because he's wondering why he's not included yeah you you, you be good okay you be good so uh <laughs> <laughs> okay, is it that bad? I mean, come on. We'll feed you some moose meat. Shh, 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 shh. Okay. Well, anyway, so, so you're on this trip, and you've got yourself, you know, out there, clearly, you know, away from civilization. And, and now you've got with you uh, several types of guns, because you're planning on hunting, you know, different kinds of animals, and everybody, of course, would bring their own guns. Yeah. And so, what kind of what kind of uh, guns would you see on this trip? Uh, I brought a 300 Win Mag Benelli, yep. the R1. Yeah, yeah. Because that's been my pride and joy for a yeah. long time. Because I started yeah. out with a Lee Infield, and I was supposed to be the short range guy. Because yeah. Lee Infield, and then I got a Mosin Nugat, and then I, and then I stepped up a few yards there, yeah. and then like that was way back, way yeah. back '96 or seven, I think. And, How'd and you, uh, find, you you had a Mosin Nugat that you used as a hunting rifle? Yeah, yeah. Okay, and like, and, and what would you what would you typically be able to take with most in the gant like i mean that's well, that's a moose was you know a really moose was in, in the sights that's what i was going okay. for that's what i had at the time you can't some people hunt they were them they're different you know well, well you know a lot of people kind of dismiss the most in the gant as a as a piece of junk you know or what do they call it the russian uh, boat or and 60 dollars for the ammunition back then because the ammunition was hard to find oh yeah I remember when, when before, people don't realize, uh, before, you know, the Cold Works kind of ended and the Iron Curtain fell, like, we didn't see a lot of that Russian-type ammunition no, it wasn't over here. really available. And, and, and then all at once, it was like a... a barrage. A, a barrage. It was like this sea hey, of... we got a couple of ammo. Of surplus ammo. Yeah, we got a few containers of this kind of ammo for those guns you haven't been able to use for years. And, of course, you know, bringing... Bringing this ammo to our shore sparked a huge interest in, you know, Russian, uh, Russian, yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. I remember paying. I was using the bayonet. You don't know. I was using the bayonet as a stand. I would stick it in the ground and use that hang my call off of. There, there, and put there, it down on the. No gun. wonder people love bayonets on their guns. It's got you know what I'll tell you. There's a lot of great history behind you know those Russian guns. To certainly, uh, to certainly find a use for the bayonet other than you know joking around at the range and stabbing your target with it. You know that that's interesting to hear. And you know, and I know that you go on these hunting trips. And and I've of course I've never been. Uh, you know, part of part of me. 
still got some city kid in me. You know, I don't know how I would fare out there in the wilderness. I like, I'm not gonna lie. I'm not, I'm not a candy ass. But at the Boy. same time, I, I like, I find it fascinating that you get out there for like three weeks, and it, folks, it's not like you can go, you know, down the hall and have a hot shower if you feel like. And I mean, you're you out, know, you're out there. You're, you're, there's an outhouse there. That's your privileges, and uh, yeah, and we sleep in a carport, actually a modified carport that we yeah. have. Uh, our bed is probably a. Uh, uh, it's a sheet of plywood that's yeah. held up by stumps, and we all have to. And there's some foam underneath it. We all sleep yeah. over the elbow in our sleeping bags with a wood no burning stove. No way! Yeah. Nice. More or like a flat platform by like uh, 14 by 14 by eight or whatever. And see, and you know what? And I'm sure there's people out there that would probably say it's kind of odd, you know, to have like several men spooning in in, in, a, in a, a modified carport no, in the middle of the wilderness. Wife and <laughs> daughter, all of us. Oh, it's, oh, it's like so it's a whole big family out. But, no, but this is no, but this family. is what this is what I mean, though. Like I mean, a, I want it's people there to get to fill their freezers to get food for the winter. That's yeah, you know, like I mean, the they're, do, they're doing this as a family. You know, people people depend on this meat and after you opened up that freeze you know freezer for me and i saw it was there i'm thinking jesus folks like imagine You're if you could, imagine if you could take home like the entire shelf at the supermarket with one fell swoop and it's so much more ethical than you know the slaughterhouses oh come on let me think let me explain something to you what? it's not just one fell swoop think you have to be out there it's a lot of work to get the animal oh, you yeah. have to procure many days of sitting there and waiting for and when they you may see him he may not make it your way till yeah. like four hours later they yeah. walk really slowly to get in range and then you might they might get a sent to you and walk away I imagine the archery guys how they gotta oh they gotta nothing get but how not, much work not, it is and how easy they get spooked and left left brokenhearted but hey that's the whole challenge of the of the getting the meat so you get out there you're all day yeah and you come home you know you, you, you there are some times where you feel disappointment because you haven't seen anything all day you haven't seen any tracks but you have to keep persevering and making it through yeah make it through there's you know there's years i came home with nothing this was my first moose in since i've been hunting yeah. The reason being is that we tried carefully and made sure there was all ethical shots and yeah. and we only had tags for certain things and I hunted certain areas. This was area three, so it's quite a ways up there and the tags were really available and I was yeah. pretty lucky to get a tag. Good man. It was a good time. Uh, so there's the hunt of getting the animal, trying to procure the animal. Once yep. you've got the animal, yeah. and now you've got to make sure your, your shots are going that you take them down properly. Yep. So now you've got to find the animal, and then you find the animal, then you have to gut the animal, yep. which is a process that's a lot of work. Mm -hmm. It's a very large animal. Yeah. Uh, the uh, process takes a good a good amount of time. You have to be thorough, and you can't, can't break certain... Uh, uh, membranes and stuff because you contaminate the meat and other stuff you can't get the intestines or anything yeah yeah yeah, yeah 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 extremely careful yeah and not to, not to also damage uh the tenderloin underneath or the back straps and stuff as you're cutting away see i wouldn't it's even a know lot of work and then you got to quarter it and then you got to then you got to carry it and then you got to yeah. then you got to cure it and then you got to butcher it and it's a lot of work it's not just it, it continues then you got to pack it and then you got to remember those coolers aren't light yeah we actually had to buy a freezer to bring it home we brought a freezer and we plugged it in the truck and kept it frozen in there because we kept it frozen. We froze it in the in the shop where we were, we were butchering it. Yeah. And then from there we froze it and put it in the freezer in the truck. We bought a freezer for three hundred dollars and we put all that stuff in mm -hmm. and then brought it the rest of the way and then the rest of the way home and made it in coolers. Yeah. Well, you know, see, for the people uh, for the people that have never been exposed to hunting, I know that there's a great number of Canadians out there that uh, have this. I, I guess this this 
imagery in their minds, uh, formulated opinions, depending on what they see in the media, of, you know, hunters being these bloodthirsty animals that go out there into the woods and kill things, you know, just without <laughs> without any kind of real reasoning behind it. And it's real easy to feel sorry for the animals. But the truth is, is that if they overpopulate, they starve to death over the winters, which is really, like, wrong. I mean, if you've ever seen an animal starving to death, it's very sad, folks. And when you compare it to the life of perhaps, uh, you know, pigs in a stall, and, and, you know, they're being uh, slaughtered for, for us to eat. Hunting, by comparison, is so much more ethical, so much more work. And, I mean, Sam, just what you described, I think people in their minds think you just shoot the thing and then somehow somehow magically it's transformed into steaks and you're out, you know, that, that, that end up, you know, going on the barbecue or in your oven. It, the idea that um, there's so much more to it, you have to you have to invest the time, the energy, the equipment, the About resources. to butcher. You know, it takes 12 hours alone after you shoot the thing and... You know, to, to cut it up in such a way that you won't damage the meat or its quality, and, and everything has to be packed right away. It's not like you just, you know, shoot the thing and then decide to, you know, head home. Like, you got to pack it all up, you got to get it on ice, you know, and, and try and refrigerate it. They actually had to buy a, a freezer. A freezer? Yeah. You bought a freezer. freezer. Okay, bought a. In the back of the pickup truck that we plugged in before we left and kept it plugged in, then yeah. every stop we plug in, yeah. Yeah, so, so like, I mean, like the investment in this uh, activity of hunting, not only is it. You know, very ethical practice. It's been you know being performed since the dawn of time. Uh, you know, it also is very, um, very much uh, more than just a pastime for people. Like they really do have to invest in it, and people love it. Uh, I've never done it myself. I've, I've been itching to go at some point. I do have my uh, hunting license. I think I may have to renew it now. But uh, you know, I've loved the idea of going out and, and uh, as, as horrible as it sounds, you know, harvesting an animal. You know, like because I, I, I really don't. Uh, like the idea of shooting anything like that's 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 my preference uh, you know but at the same time I, I think it's it's really uh, a fantastic uh, tradition uh, especially a strong uh, element in Canadian culture to go out and to harvest your own meat and you know to shoot a deer to shoot shoot a, a moose a bear and and to do so within the confines of a structure that's put in place that allows the monitoring of species to determine you know what keeps nature in balance so hunters are a very important part of that and and people have always hunted and and with the advent of grocery stores people didn't have to go hunting anymore and as a result uh you know the ecosystems were put kind of out of whack because um you'd eliminated you know one of the apex predators which is human beings and so as a result you have this disproportionate uh way that the, the the numbers can get all out of whack you can have too many bears and if there's too many bears you know there's not enough food then they start to venture off into areas closer to you know perhaps human beings and then the risk of accidental contact goes up so i mean controlling the population numbers is an important part of keeping nature in balance and i think a lot of people really need to understand that and and when compared to uh, how animals are harvested on on a, a more massive scale for the population uh, it's much more ethical it's much more humane and, and quite honestly a really uh, fantastic part like again of Canadian history like I mean people fed their families this way and still do and for, if you don't live in a major metropolitan area it's still a big part of Canadian culture it's just we don't talk about it too much and since it's such an important part of keeping everything in balance I'd like to think that everybody would want to have you know, uh, some say in that, and certainly, you know, we want that. Uh, you know, as hunters and as gun lovers, oh yeah, like like an entire free look. look that must have been heavy to carry that, that out. Cow. 
That was one cow? One mug. One cow. Okay, well, so folks, I've, I've had uh, an opportunity to peruse through uh, Sam's freezer, and I can tell you that, you know, it's jam-packed full of meat. Uh, I'm, I've already had a, a bite uh, of what's here, and I'm telling you, we'll split that. If you eat, I, I won't eat it all, but I got to tell you right now, that was delicious, and I can see all the work that's gone into it. It's definitely a, a labor of love, and at the same time, it feeds families. There's so much good that comes from hunting. And, and I can't help but notice on the TV screen right now, we've got uh, a magazine on the ground uh, in the dirt what a what a fantastic photo uh, that, that you've taken of that and it, they uh, the projectiles seem to be uh, uh, some sort of clear red nylon tip what what are those those are They're Winchester uh, fail safe fail safes how'd you how'd you find the performance on that because I know that it, it, yeah uh, yeah it was uh, one shot one kill move. yeah Nice. And I mean, you know what? You got you to tell the story. I've already heard it, folks. It's really a good one, right? <laughs> Please tell the story about how you landed your moose. And if you could describe that to people, you know, what, what, what exactly did well, you get? Well, we had a late start for that morning. We didn't actually get up at uh, sunup that morning. Yeah. Uh, we got to the spot kind of late, so I started walking in my area that I, that I was going to procure a hunting spot that I thought it was going to be a great spot to sit yeah. from because I can see from all angles. Yeah, yeah. Well, I walked into the area, and as I was walking into the area, I noticed that for me to get to where I got to get to, I've got to walk through a lot of opening, and I'll yeah. be seen. So I thought, well, maybe I'll cut through the, the bush along the side of it. So I sat down for a second. I was going to light one of those uh, moose-attracting uh, incense sticks. Yeah, yeah. And as I put it in the ground and I lit it, I was about to light it, I looked, and I seen a stump there. I thought, yeah, you're not going to fool me again. Up north, there's these uh, fallen-over trees, and we call them stump moose because they, they, they look like they give you the... When you're hunting moose, it gives you that barrage. Like, you know, yeah. when you're in the desert and you see a barrage? Yeah, oh, yeah. It's a barrage. Yeah. It's a barrage. You think that that's a moose. You give it a look. Oh, okay. So you've been out in the bush for a little while, moose. too, right? Yeah, it's got anything. <laughs> <laughs> is that a moose? What is that? It bugs you and say, right? bear! bear. <laughs> yeah, that was, that bear was a surprise, too. <laughs> bear, surprise. Uh, so, uh, as I'm walking, I, I sat down and I started to think of how can I get to this spot? I'm sitting, I got a pond to my feet here. I'm sitting on the edge of a pond. And I look, and I see this stump moose, and I think, no, you're not going to fool me. I'm like, wait a minute, you look a little bigger today than you were the other day. Yeah. So what am I going to do? Because from this angle, I'd never seen from this angle, it's a little, little wider. I'm going to take a look at my binocular. And I thought, no, wait a minute, because if that is a moose, I'm not going to miss the opportunity. I'm putting the scope up. Yeah. And I take a look, because, you know, usually I just glass with my binoculars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This opportunity, I had to use my, my scope just in case it was, because it, yeah. was, it was very close. Yeah. I put it up, and sure enough, it was a moose. Yeah. She can't see me. I can't really see her head. Yeah. But I can see just a bit of her elbow. There wasn't a way of making a clear shot, so I had to, yeah. I had to sit there and wait. And I was in a comfortable spot, so I thought, well, I'm comfortable. I'm moving. Yeah. I can sit right here. Yeah, yeah. I'll keep the crosshairs on her and just get ready as soon as the opportunity comes, because I don't want to miss it, because yeah. there's a tree that, that's blocking our vision that obstructs her from seeing me. I yeah. can see her ear on each side of the tree, yeah. but I can't see her, her face. Yeah. She can hear me or see me. I mean, hear me or hear me or smell me yeah but she doesn't see me so yeah. she doesn't feel threatened by it and i'm not moving and it's all right so she goes along eating she continues yeah. to eat she lifts her head up now i'm like will you move will you move i look at my gps it took 35 minutes for her to move the distance i yeah. wanted her to move and then i took the kill shot and she she made her way up the hill a little bit and didn't go too far i went to track her the and i failed to attempt this track that track okay it's yeah. not a track because moose don't bleed like deer do you don't just no. home and you're gonna see blood and follow blood yeah uh, that shot was their skin's pretty thick and they hold a lot in yeah okay okay and uh, as I'm walking up to follow it, I'm looking at the moose tracks. There's tracks all over it, and that's the tracks there, the ones that look a little yeah, bit, yeah, yeah, a little yeah. bit uh, flustered. Yep. Okay, so I follow those tracks, and then it, these other tracks kind of con 
were in it and I kind of sidetracked all oh, those aren't the right tracks I backed yeah, yeah. up I finally got to the girl and there she was like there's my moves fine yeah what oh, a beauty yeah it see, was a bit of a challenge to, to get her at first because it was a liver sh a good hard liver shot yeah and uh, it took her down pretty good but uh, she was a little bit uh, had a little bit of blow when I got there yeah well you know it's you know just to, just to paint the picture for you folks you know Sam's taking the shot it's with 300 300 wind mag 300 wind mag from Three, 95 yards from, away when from, I when I measured it when I ranged it after where I was and where she was in between those trees yeah there was just a couple fallen trees and there was just the the, the standing trunk of them yeah like a, a 12 foot trunk and that was all that was in between them and I didn't want to take a shot through the trunk yeah yeah you know so I well, you know, and, and, and so, and for the people that are, are you know, are ballisticians out there, um, you know, the 300 wind mag is a pretty powerful cartridge. Uh, think, think like a taller, belted, uh, I don't know, 30 odd six. You know, yeah. it's 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 a very powerful cartridge. It's moving, you know, bullets. The weights vary, but I mean, think think 180 grain, you know, moving well over, you know, 3,000 feet per second. I would think. Straight shooting. Yeah, pretty flat shooting, uh, hard hitting. Definitely, you get penetration with a cartridge like that. 300 wind mag is pretty potent. Um, it's definitely a step up from 308. And yep. yeah, oh yeah, like yep. so so so. In order to hunt, you also have to pick the appropriate cartridge for your game. And in order to kill things ethically. Um, you know, like you would not use a 22 on, you know, uh, a deer. There are people that have done it. I'm sure I, it's possible for everybody out there that wants to tell me that, you know, that's, I can't, that's ridiculous. I, I think that that's foolish. I think animal. I think you, you're running the risk of, hit, you know, hurting an animal before wounding you kill animal, it. So, wounded. Yeah. And so, you know, you don't want to leave an animal wounded running around out there. So, I mean, for the most part, people exercise common sense. And there's, you know, there's guidelines. Uh, this would be the type of cartridge. 300 wind mag would be an appropriate cartridge for, you know, big animals in Canada. Uh, I would think you could pretty much hunt just about anything with a 300 wind mag. Oh yeah, uh, certainly around here. And so you you took the shot, and uh, of course now Sam is in an area that is frequented by you know moose. So there's tracks everywhere, and they don't bleed out the same way that other animals do. They hold in a lot of the you know their blood, and rather than uh, leaving a very visible trail for you to follow. But you follow it, you must. And and you have to remember that when you arrive, the animal may or may not be completely dead. So it requires you. To you know, make that determination and act appropriately to dispatch the animals humanely. Yeah, and uh, you always approach safely. There was a hunter I heard just recently died. Thought the, thought the deer was down and a buck gored him and and got him. You know, like it's a dangerous activity too, folks. Don't think that just because you have a gun that you have a terrible, you know, a terribly large advantage. Gun just kind of levels the playing field. Um, you know, you can still get badly injured out in the wild. And I think that it's really important that a lot of people. Um, understand if you if you live in a major metropolitan area, you may not uh, truly appreciate the idea of being you know mauled or eaten alive. Uh, a lot of people in Canada are still not out there. The food chain, really yeah, like you know, what, with without without a gun in your possession and a powerful enough one, you're really kind of at the mercy of whatever wild animal you may encounter, and that's still you know a, a large portion of Canada. And so when people get, you know, they try and wrap their heads around the, you know, what, what do you need it to be that powerful for? The truth is, is that, you know, um, if you're living in an area that has bear, moose, uh, very large animals. I mean, I, I selected my hunting cartridge before I even got anywhere near a place to hunt. What, what do you got there on the screen? Where is that? That's where it was. Really? Yeah. Okay, so folks, just to paint the picture for you, I'm, I'm looking, you know, at an open area. It's got it's got a lot of uh, timber down, uh, you know, trees that have fallen, and it's pretty uh, pretty flattened, but it's surrounded by forest, and it looks beautiful. Um, 
you know, in its own way. And I, I mean, I've been out there uh, in the middle of nowhere, and it is very tranquil. A lot of people don't understand that hunters, even coming home empty-handed, uh, truly come back with a better appreciation of nature. You know, and it's really, it really is uh, a fantastic experience to watch the sun come up. Uh, I was in Saskatchewan, and and I know that that's not, um, you know, that's not really uh, open area the way the way. I've typically describing but i watched the sun come up on flat ass saskatchewan and it had to be one of the most beautiful things i'd ever seen i I couldn't believe how it stretched across the flat horizon if you've never seen a saskatchewan sunset it's spectacular and uh, certainly sunrise is amazing as well and uh but, but back to you know operating in an area like that like sam how do you even get back there well you get you walk most of the ways. Walk, yeah. Eh? You, you truck in, and then your buddy drops you off, and then I go walk to my spot. That's... You know, I, I tell you, for all the people out there that are, you know, thinking already you're maybe too soft for this, I, I can tell you that going out there into the wilderness, you know, carrying your own firearm and engaging in the activity of hunting, uh, doesn't only require courage and uh, wisdom, right? But it it also um, you know, requires an enormous investment personally. Uh, you got to really want to do it. And so you've got a lot of Canadians out there that really love hunting. They love getting out there and, uh, you know, being close to nature, harvesting their own meat. The healthiest meat, I might add, that you're ever yeah. going to find on the planet. Uh, for the people out there no that growth think hormones. no growth hormones, no antibiotics. right? And, and it tastes different. It does. If you've ever had, you know, really fresh meat, uh, I, I can tell you that it is so much healthier. And Your mouth is still watering right now. Yeah, you know what? I, oh, I'm going to take. I'm going to take on that last piece. <laughs> I don't give a shit if it's cold. I'll tell you right now. That was <laughs> delicious. Right. I also brought a uh, a beautiful gun that uh, from Mark at uh, Trigger's Wholesale. He oh, that laser. You know, and let me talk about a bird getter. That revolver. Th- yeah. Oh man, like one one little two little three little birds reload one little two little three yeah little that, reload. I'm just not, telling da, you, knocking them down. Uh, and everybody loved it. The, and you got the and you got the short Colton one. Eh? Loves it. Yeah, the oh. twenty inch one. Oh, yeah. it was a beautiful gun. It swung nice, brought the birds down. It's yeah, nice. and it was just beautiful. Like one bird, bang, two birds. The other birds wondering what's happened to the other two buddies. This is what happened. <laughs> really? <laughs> three birds. Wow. I couldn't believe it. Okay, By see, the time I the third bird figured out what was going on. It oh. was kind of like uh, too bad there isn't any more of you. Uh, you know what? I, I, I'm just going to fill you guys in fast. We kind of jumped into this one. So uh, we decided to give Sam on a hunting trip uh, <laughs> the loan, right, the temporary loan of one of these uh, XR410 revolving action shotguns. Baby temporary? Laser. You're not getting it back. Oh, I know. I, you know what? I knew it. <laughs> I knew it. it. <laughs> I knew I wasn't going to see that one back again. People have asked me how much I like that gun. Uh, yeah, it's it's there's there's definitely no question that you feel... Uh, even though it re- does a great job of redirecting the asses, you still feel a puff. Your face is right near the cylinder of a revolver. But what a cool 410 shotgun. And so, you know, we got this one out to Sam. He goes out there, and he starts plugging birds like crazy with it. And, I mean, uh, as soon as I hit the door, he says, man, I like that gun. I knew I wasn't going to get it back. I knew it. I knew the minute he asked for it, I wasn't going to get that one back. Well, that's... That's okay, but so you had the short uh, XR410. Okay, yep. that's the revolving action 410 shotgun. It's got three-inch chambers. It's uh, made with this beautiful uh, Turkish walnut, and there's there's several barrel lengths and types, and and versions. And the, you got the carbine version, so yeah. it's the shorter everybody, version. Everybody loved it. Yeah. Everybody and my six foot tall, like my big tall friend. Yeah. It fit him perfectly. Yeah. Uh, my friend, his wife. 
fit her perfectly. Everybody they got on it. I loved eh? it. I, you know, I told them if I was to write a review, a review about this gun, what would yeah. you say about it? Oh, fantastic! And the oh, they just they loved it. They eh? loved it. They See, loved that it. makes me so happy. I've heard, I've heard so many people say that they've had a great time with that they gun. They love the the idea of it being a revolver. They yeah. Just, they say they feel like a little bit cowboy. Yep. I'm like, yeah. Huh. They said it looks like it brings you back a bit and the Absolutely. swinging out and and for people who. Don't have a restricted license and always wanted a restricted, you know, what always yeah, wanted a revolver. Yeah. That brings a little bit of hey, I, I love revolvers yeah. to the to the scene. You know, I, what I mean? never thought and of it, it that way. It starts a bug. It does. It starts a bug because yeah. people that look at it lit up. Where can I get it from? And I said, well, call my friend Alexander. Right? Yeah, at, at, yeah. Uh, Aim or call yeah. these guys. Or you know, it's yep. available. Other people that have it, if it's not in your area, because those guys are from the north that that yeah. area, so they can get it. You know. Yep. And I yep. said, you know, that Aim will be sure to. To well, send it to him or anybody else will be sure to move. You know, aim, aim, has it. aim is serving the Greater Toronto area and beyond. They, you yeah. know, they're great. They're, they have an online component well, as my well. My friend ordered from BC. Yeah, yeah, good. My you friend from the Northwest Territories. He's in the BC right now. Yeah, and he got it sent to him, and he's pretty happy with Very his order because cool. yeah, he was looking. He said, "Hey, where can I find an AR? I can't yep. find one anywhere." Yeah, and yep. he's in BC. What do you mean anywhere? I said, "Did you check with me?" Yeah. How could he not have known? For those of you that don't. No, Sam is the man. All right, I can tell you right now, uh, I started this podcast by calling you a living legend, and it's the truth. Uh, Sam's been around the block. He's seen it all. He's definitely from a different time in the firearm community. Uh, love sitting down with you and, and sharing great stories like this. But, you know, like the... The idea that we would pass along a gun to you guys that you'd really like that revolving action mm -hmm. shotgun doesn't surprise me in the least. It, it performed well in the hunting. Uh... It performed well, there was no nothing, nothing that we can say about it we didn't like. Yeah. Right on. Nothing. Right the only on. thing is that uh, we ran out of birds. We ran out of birds. Well, I'm telling you, I just, I thought, you know, I'm out, uh, something's being cooked at camp. I yeah. think I'm going to walk down the street at camp. Yeah. I go to the left of camp, one, two birds. Yeah. Okay. I go a little further, okay, nothing. I come back and go to the right side of camp. Yeah. Three birds. Yeah. I come back. They they were frying some eggs for breakfast. And I yep. go. Hey, you want to put some uh, want to put some gross in the meal? Nice. Want to put some partridge in the meal? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, sure yeah. Put some partridge. Had some dark meat and some white meat. It's beautiful. Oh, so so you you told me you guys were eating bird every day out there. Every day. Every that, day. That, that gun fed us pretty good. Yeah. yeah. Right well, on. we didn't bring the boat, so we weren't doing any fishing. My seventeen and a half foot canoe was a little too long for the truck, so we said, Nah, forget it. We'll leave it behind. Yeah. But I kind of like hunting from the water because you can fish and hunt at the same yeah, time. But, yeah, yeah. And you get to see. That the beauty of, of nature out there in, in, in a different perspective. It's nice when it reflects off the water. It gives you a calming feeling. It's just, yeah. that's why we all think of it. You look at a map, that's why we all populate around water. Water is energy. People go to waterfalls and they see that water cascade. Yeah. That's because it's giving off energy and we're absorbing energy because we're all energy, right? Absolutely. Form of. Yeah. Absolutely. Definitely. You know what? You can tell you're from the 60s. I, yeah, <laughs> I, I know. I see, I'm from the 70s. I kind of miss the loving of, uh, you know, Woodstock, but I, I totally get it. Mm -hmm. uh, the, the idea that people would gather together as families, go out there, hunt for their own food, um, you know, certainly a, a huge part, I said, of Canadian history and heritage, and I'm really, really looking forward to one day getting out there myself and doing a little bit. Uh, I think I, I should drag you and uh, a couple mountain bikes. Yeah. And we'll get another laser, and we'll try uh, bird hunting of a different style. Yeah. Yeah. All, right, all right, you know what? I'll do mountain bikes because ATVs kind of scare those birds away. And mountain biking is a good exercise. Yeah, and you want to if you're in your little city cityish and want an electric mountain yeah. bike, you can go that route. Oh, but, you know, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know what? I'll I'll, I'll go, go up Sudbury Way or somewhere around there. There's yeah, there's don't yeah don't trails. take please don't yeah. take me to the northern Man Manitoba border. You won't come back. <laughs> okay, You're beautiful. All right, oh yeah, you know what? Like honestly, I, you know when Sam says we're going for a drive, you know what? I got to be careful oh, because right, <laughs> you remember that right? You know what? We're gonna go. We're 
going to go for a drive. When Sam says you're going for a drive, I, I remember when I was a kid uh, driving to New York, Buffalo, New York, because uh, it was just something that my family did quite often back in the 70s. That seemed like a million years to me. So so I was one of those kids that I was just I was just so, uh, so, so troubled that I, I needed to do something other than sit down. Uh, right. I was always I was always an energetic kid. To sit yeah. in a car for two hours was like a nightmare for a kid oh, my yeah. age. I remember being car sick. And then as you get older, you know, like I, I could sit in a cruiser for twelve hours and you know not even bat an eyelash. But when you say we're gonna go for a drive, yeah. you know, it means you're committing to like you know twelve hours in one direction. And it's like, don't worry, it's just a few hours. And so next thing you know, Sam and I are somewhere in Canada, and, <laughs> and you know we're running across you know Rifle Range Road here, munition Earth, yeah, ammunition drive. You know, like, well, lucky it took that ride. Because yeah, that was a nice, nice road. You know? That was that was a beautiful trip. There's a and city I found up north that I kind of would love to live in. The town yeah? is called Armor. R- yeah, Armor, <laughs> Armor, Ontario, right? Like, I, yeah, you know what? Like, there's such, there's just such a rich history connected to firearm ownership and operation that I think few people training areas and other yeah, stuff. Yeah, well, you know, Canada, you know. Yeah, you know, think like, about it. World War Two, you know. Look at what we did. Look we, at our efforts. We we were. You know, think of Blackwatch. Yeah. What was Blackwatch? That was our guys. That, you know, no, nothing else. You know, you d- we were the first special services. You, you know? know what? I got to get you and Black Powder Dave to sit down and have a conversation with me because <laughs> yeah, I, I, I can tell you, yeah, yeah, people, yeah. people, uh, you, you're, Sam, you're just a wealth, right, of knowledge. And certainly, like I said, you've been around the block. And, and when I talk with you, certainly I, I, I do it with a great deal of respect because, uh, you know, like to hear some of the old stories always blows my mind. Um, when I when I think back to you know the way things used to be and the way we used to conduct ourselves as a firearm community, we've come to leaps and bounds. And I mean, it feels like the dark ages, you know, when we had um, you know unlimited uh, magazine capacity. But it wasn't that long ago, and you know what? It really didn't create any problems for anybody. But you know, in the interest of I guess making somebody feel better, uh, we restricted ourselves to five rounds for rifles and ten rounds for pistols. And you know, certainly the storage laws were a great idea, and you know, uh, safe hand courses and uh, operation courses for you know uh, every different type of firearm you know standardized licensing uh, background checks uh, references uh, certainly talking to you know f- uh, former um, intimate partners and so all this is required in order to get a license and yet here we are you know uh, at the end of a good 20 I don't know what do we have like about 22 years since the last roundup on uh, the bands, it was '95, so that'd be about 24 years ago now. Been some time. Yeah, been and some time. Senseless laws, because to tell you the truth, we're really not the problem. No, they, you know, if they just made it illegal for a criminal if he gets caught with a non-pin magazine, great. But we should be trusted. I don't think we're a threat. I don't, you know. I, never. We well, never. Actually, let me let me rephrase that. Yeah. I think we're the safest public out there. Yeah, absolutely. We have to be. Yep, way to go. I I, I totally you know, 100% agree. I know agree. other people on the outside, like the outside of the firearm community, yeah. they tend to be a little bit more violent and say some pretty nasty things, you know, and it's it's and it's like, wow, I'm glad you're not a firearms owner because yeah. we want your kind of mentality actually owning a firearm because it's... it's Maybe a little, little maybe a little too intense. I like I, yeah, I, it is I you know what I've I've run I've intense run into, and threatening I've definitely sometimes. I've definitely run into people uh throughout the course of my lifetime that I'm you know glad that they didn't have a firearms license or access to firearms and that's that's exactly the way the system is currently set up. And I think that people need to understand that. That as a child martial arts, I took up martial arts as yeah. a discipline because I wanted to learn some kind of discipline. Yeah. Yeah, that worked great and everything, but firearms was a different discipline, yeah. and firearms was actually, it was just in control, there was no, it was just, uh, it was, I don't know how to say it, it was, 
I behaved myself because yeah. I wanted to. Yeah. And, and I looked at everything different. You know, some, at, you know, especially at a young age, when yeah. you know, teenage age, there's, yeah. there's all kinds of uh, shit you can get into. Testosterone yeah. and people wanting to start fights and stuff. And it's yeah. like, you know, I'd rather no, I can't fight. I got a heart condition. You know. Yeah. You know what? Right. I, yeah. Th- there's no, you know, there's there's so many people that don't understand that you must maintain a lifetime. You know, for for all intents and purposes. I mean, if there's anything that stands out in your background. Um, if you misbehaved, you know, 20 years earlier, I mean, you could be held accountable for that. Oh, for sure. At some point. I mean, to, to own and operate these firearms requires that you essentially be the finest of Canadian citizens. Uh, you can't really be in any kind of trouble uh, of any kind. It'll, it'll be revealed in background checks. I mean, there already is a rigorous system in place. And, and I have my feelings about, you know, what it is that they did. Uh, the Liberals, you know, uh, uh, they, they, they promoted this idea that you know you need to ban firearms purely you know based in fear uh people don't but understand firearms, wait the firearms are already banned to the criminal element yeah and that's who they're focusing on so what is implementing another law that that the criminals don't obey gonna do really I, like is it what who's it gonna affect i don't know why people are so blind curted by this like the, like there's this curtain of yeah here's the we're gonna do this and oh yeah that's gonna work well, speeding is against the law. Texting is against the law. All that stuff is against the law. Yeah. People do it on a daily basis. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. You know? uh, and and, 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 and that's... <laughs> gun laws, like my friend said. He yeah. said gun... Locksmith friend of mine, where I, yeah. I took a locksmith course many years ago, he said uh, locks are only for the honest people. And now it makes me think, you know, gun laws are only for the honest people. Yeah. Because we're the only ones that are going to abide by them. Yeah. Why would we want to risk our firearms because of a... A rivet fell out of a magazine or a silly thing like that. We're yeah. right on that. We'll make yeah. sure that you know we we abide by the law because we have no other choice. Yeah, we want to keep it. The other guys aren't law abiding, so there's nothing that we can. There's no law we can implement that's going to make them, going to make them. Oh. You know. The, well, I, I I can tell you for the for again this abide. is the, I, I I'd love I'd love to make this podcast or dedicate this podcast to the the younger listeners, especially you know at the university and high school level that you know maybe don't understand. Criminals don't obey the laws, and so we have a series of laws put in place, a strict series of laws, very, um, you know, intense background checks. There's all kinds of licensing involved and certification. Those people that obtain those licenses statistically never are involved in crimes. On the other hand, the ones that you see in the news shooting shooting at each other, they obtain their guns from a completely different source. And so they're the ones that are always committing the crimes and they're obtaining their guns in a fashion that has nothing to do with the legal gun owners. And the yet, element. yeah, right. So so the government is about to, well, they proposed a number of changes, but one of the things that's come up is they want to dedicate like 260 million million tax dollars to buying back guns that will never be used in crimes. And so those guns now are, you, you know, they're going to be, it's going to be pitched to you that they've been taken off the street, but they've never actually done anything wrong. This is like tantamount to taking cars away from drivers that commute to work every day and never do anything because somebody stole one on the other end of the country. Like, it doesn't make any sense. And they know that, and they're wasting tax dollars, and there's no sense in arguing, but they pitched it to the young people like they're actually making a difference, and I mean that's the bigger thing. Like, I mean, you want to take you want to take the guns away from us. That's that's one matter altogether. I think it's wrong. It's ridiculous that we should ever be subject to a seizure of property that you bought legally and paid taxes on. So like, it's really draconian to actually have a government step in and say that they're going to do that. But instead, uh, you know, more importantly, because so forget taking guns away from us, they're not addressing the real issue. They haven't 
not uh, focused they, on crime. They're, they're not focused on crime at all. So the, I that got, activity. I got a video from a long time ago. Yeah. That I shot at Speaker's Corners, and it was focused at Alan Rock. You, you were at Speaker's Corners? Oh, Alan my Rock, God. Come on, Alan. You know, why don't you focus in on the crime, the yeah. element of the crime? Not a, you know, it's not us firearms owners. You see, you know, get a grip, Alan Rock. Get a grip mm-hmm. on crime. And that's what mm-hmm. I, that's what the video has. I, I have it somewhere. I can show it to you. You have fun. never me? I'm sorry. I took that last piece of meat. Oh, yeah. That, dude, yeah. oh, my God. What did you what did you cook that in? Onions only. Onions and butter. That's all it is. That's well, what onions and butter? Onions and butter. Yeah. Oh, God. I'm lactose intolerant. This is going to be an interesting day. Well, no, very little butter. Really? It doesn't matter. I don't care. I, it's oh. just the flavor. The onion probably took mm. the butter. Mm. So good. So, how many families get fed by that one moose? How many families? I well, I, well, uh, well one, after you divvy two, up mooses. I'd say probably four families. And then you got to remember how many other families am I going to, like, you're going to take a piece home. Oh, hell yeah. You know, and the oh, yeah. cook it out for you. It's really easy. It's better I'm, than steak. Uh, it's not like, you know, some people think, oh, moose, and they get afraid because they've tried deer that's from, from someone that didn't know mm-hmm. how to cook deer or something mm-hmm. or, or smelt the cooking and didn't, didn't take a liking to it. This mm-hmm. is totally different. It's, it's well, It tastes like farm-raised beef, actually better. Well, this one's going to take me a little while to chew. I, you know, I, it's, I may... very, it's a very hearty, dense meat. Mm. It's not like uh, the, the other beef we find is more or less like, a, I would call them like a, a wafer cookie compared to yeah. a, a good, heavy, dense graham cracker. You know yeah. what I mean? Well. The, the richness of the flavor, the oh, everything, it's, it's all fa- just there. It's absolutely fantastic. So if you've never tried game meat, I'm going to give him a plug. Because you know what? I love the guy. And you know what? Eating this made me really happy. If you've if you've never eaten at the restaurant called Antler, no, I haven't, but I've heard right? of the place. Yeah, Antler Antler is this fantastic place in Toronto, run by a friend uh, who who just happens to be the guy that butchered a deer. Or was it was a deer? I think it was a deer in the window. I guess some. Um, Vegans <laughs> were very unhappy that, yeah. and were protesting at his place. And you know, he was a, a fresh new restaurant, More you know, an- antler, right? <laughs> and of course, uh, protesters showed up and, and things turned nasty pretty fast. You know, the, the protesters were accosting his patrons as they were coming in, and it got to the point it was so bad, you know, the police were there all the time, and there's only so much they could do. And so, these protesters were causing such problems that Michael decided one day, I guess, in his frustration, he said he didn't know what else to do other than work. He decided he was going to butcher the deer right in the window, right in front of them. They, of course, lost their minds. And it made national news. He became my hero in that moment. Oh, of course. Well, think about it. Standing up front, you know. You know, I, I must be an asshole uh, for, for thinking that that's funny. But the truth no, is, is that... It's they, in their face. If they're trying to protest, this yeah, is what we do. This is our right? lifestyle. We can't really... Yeah, know. he put it right out there. Anyway, he created this, this restaurant. He, he does have a number of game items on his menu, and the man is a genius in, in terms of being a chef, love his food, and I would suggest anybody get down there. Antler antler is definitely, like like the antlers on a, on a deer, that's how you spell it, but the antler, antler restaurant is just such an amazing stop, and it's a small little place, uh, but you always feel really special in there, and the food is delicious. I went down there with Brass and uh, Big Dave. <laughs> CGV Pro, and uh, I tell you, I left there uh, completely satisfied. What a, what a delicious meal! I would uh, recommend anybody get into it. So, 
Show me a couple of these pictures on the screen, Sam. Oh yeah, I'm actually uh, sending you some. Going to send you one of the videos of uh, the walk, actually, so what it looked like out there. Yep. Okay. Let's see a couple of these pictures. I'm curious to know what's 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 this one down here. So we we got the big screen up and we're looking at whatever whatever one. You can pick any one you want. Is there something there that stands out to right you? Right now, take a look at this one because this one's a video of the of where we're hunting. Okay. One of the areas. Wow. Okay, so you're you're pretty far out there, eh, buddy? Yeah, that's pretty far up there. So where, where were that you guys? Be, that would be called uh, Ear Falls, that district there. Yeah? yeah? Okay. North of Ear Falls. Like, Ear Falls is where we start off. That's the last city we see. And yeah. Then we're, they call it No Man's Land. It's, now, now, you guys got a bear there as well? Uh, there was a bear there that was shot uh, for predator control. Oh, really? Yeah, it was no other purpose. All of us were all frowning upon it, but we had you know, the choice, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, and nobody, they, nobody even wanted to butcher it. There was a lot of, there was a lot of oh, okay. flat so, on that bear, like okay. a fall bear, right? So, yeah. Okay, so, so, so I guess, um, has there been sort of some sort of edict issued that uh, right now there's a, there's a hunt on bear? Well, see, the bears have been doing a number on the moose, right? They okay. actually, they've, they've actually found that some of the bears have gotten used to uh, tracking or knowing when a mom is going to give birth oh, yeah. and they'll track her and yeah. they just take her calf from her. Easy, 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 yeah, money, easy money, right? Yeah, easy, easy picking. Okay, right? so, 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 so mom's defenseless and weak because she just gave birth and yeah. and then they just got. And so they, they come, they swoop in and they kill the baby. Yeah. Okay, so it's like that one picture you had with the baby bear and the deer there. You know? Yeah, you saw that. I knew yummy, you. I yummy, knew yummy, you were going to comment on that one. You didn't. You didn't comment on the page, but. I'll tell you, one of these days, I'm going to get you to get an account. I will. It's going to happen. You see me that line of crap that you can't come up with a name. I know you don't. You don't. You don't want to go on the face like that. Sam is like one of many people that tune into our broadcast, but don't subscribe to social media. And he likes to look at the uh, the pictures in the comments, but he doesn't comment himself. And this is something that you you explain this to me, and I I, I certainly now believe it's uh, very much uh, so to be true. There's a lot of people out there that watch uh, the Canadian Gum Vault that don't yeah, just don't observe. do social media. Yeah, they yeah. just they just it's internet a great surf. Form of entertainment. My my friends that love it. You know. Yeah, that's like as far north as Northwest Territories. I'm th telling you. That that is yeah. so awesome to hear. Actually, my friend Dave Parkinson, he's yeah. in BC now. Other friends, they they all love the show. Like uh, I mean, there was a guy that looked at your hat. Yeah. He was looking at my hat and he's going, "I've seen that before." What he says. You got it. I said, no, it's not me. It's a friend of mine, right? Yeah, but yeah. We, I, I do, like, I do pop up in the page. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I says, yeah, I've seen, that's right. I've seen you yep. before. And he started talking. He says, yeah, I love the page. And, and a lot of people love what we do. Oh, that's awesome. Because we're po we're posing as the positive image of firearms. I'd like to think so. I, and I'd like to take as many people out there as possible. I actually have a meme that says, hey, I'll take you shooting. I'll help you get your license and, yep. help, you know, and help you learn to do it safely. Because the more of us, one friend of mine, he thought firearms were only for the police and the military. Yeah, yeah. And now he's calling me, you know what I just bought today? You know what oh, I just bought yeah. today? I'm looking at this. What do you think of this? And it's like, yeah. Uh, so now he's on Canadian gun nuts. And Pe it's not just it. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's a plug for them. But yeah. I'm telling you, they... they People get bitten it. by the he, bug. He, hey? he loves like, it. Yeah. Well, you and know I got on it now. And it's like, oh, no, man. I shouldn't shouldn't have. Because now oh. the community of those guys. And we're all a bunch of jokers. It's a great family. And how many times have you gone to the gun club and shot the shit more than you've shot 
about your firearms. Oh, I like, can't tell on, you. Like, it, you it know what? Happens all the time. Honestly, it feels like a lifetime ago I pulled the trigger. That's how long it's been since I've got out there and enjoyed myself. I'm really looking forward though to getting out and, and trying a couple of new things. Uh, you know, I've got uh, a couple of guns on the back burner that I've been wanting to shoot, and the collectors have been nice enough to come forward and uh, hook up with me to do a little bit of plinking. I'm, uh, I'm not going to tell you what they are because I want to keep it a surprise, but we, uh, we definitely have some good things coming up. We've taken a little break from our uh, YouTube videos. We find, of course, that uh, uh, YouTube, like many other platforms, is giving the uh, gun owners a hard time. Uh, we uh, keep putting out content. We can tell that they're restricting the flow of our uh, uh, information out to the public, and I'm sure that that's uh, no accident. It just always seems to be happening to uh, accounts that are of the... Uh, uh, the right end of the spectrum politically uh, you know Sam we, we I, I say we lost the election I, I, I just really want lost that. the election yeah well, like this we simply have to put forth like this that Trudeau has to understand if he doesn't under if he doesn't respect our existence mm -hmm. he's gonna have to expect resistance we're we're not gonna bow to silly laws that really don't pertain to us like why would you why would you allow everybody else to do 100 on the highway but you because you're a gun owner you got to do 50 you got to go in that lane and you got to go really slow and you yeah. really can't do this you can't signal you got to stay in that lane you can't really break hard you can you can only do this you got yeah, rules and rules that, you know, that shouldn't apply to us because we didn't do anything wrong. Like we're but, getting, but we, we got but we restrictions. Do, we, we haven't do done anything them. wrong to deserve that. No, the full automatics. No one can own a full automatic. And why not? Like, well, what is the real? What when has one ever been used in the commission of offense? Yeah, the exactly. Blades. Yeah, the, different things. Yeah, like, because it's fun. It's illegal. Yeah, you know? and and then that's and that's really you know people. There's a lot of people out there that can be trusted with firearms. There's a lot of people out there that would qualify. And you know, like, I've I've always maintained that you know there could be some legal form of ownership uh, of a number of guns that are currently on a prohibition list. They can you make know? it a tax like they do in the U.S. That they, if you want a silencer, you have to pay a tax for the silencer. If you want this, you have to pay. Oh, a tax don't give them any ideas, man. You know what? That's that's willing to pay. That's you know what? That's that's you know what? That's ultimately, I think, where we're going with this. I mean, they that's they they, I mean. Under, they understand you know they understand money. Yeah, yeah, perhaps if we yeah, have to bribe right. Well, you know, right? bribe. But no, hey, let's not throw that term well, bribe around. Right. I mean, by paying <laughs> yeah. tax, that's a form yeah, of bribe. Yeah, right? yeah. Well, you know what? Yeah, a could fine, you? A fine is a tax for doing bad. Yeah. And a tax is a fine for when you're doing good. You know what? How about this? How about this? We'll we'll pay we'll pay a tax uh, like you, well, you know like you suggest <laughs> maybe. once maybe yeah and and you know. You uh, you try to back off the carbon tax a little bit. How about that? Yeah, you, like you know, that, yeah. like come on. But that's uh, that's ultimately where I think that one's going. It'll come down to dollars and cents. Uh, but there's there's so many people out there, you know, that enjoy firearms, that uh, recreationally shoot firearms, they hunt with firearms, they collect firearms, and that's another thing I want the general public to understand is that you know you've got this great history wrapped up in guns. There are people that have collections worth so much, and you know, and, and, and some of this stuff is wartime, and it doesn't mean it's machine guns. Like, like folks, oh, for the true. people for the people out there, you know, that uh, can own a number of these great historical pieces. If you've ever watched Saving Private. At Ryan and you know guys were running around with rifles and and there's there's all of this uh, rich you know Canadian history wrapped up in so many of these firearms and, and, and from other you know great countries that participated in you know great efforts uh, to combat you know tyranny and to make sure that everybody enjoyed the free uh, freedoms that we do today.
you know so so there's people that just collect the guns they you know sometimes they shoot the guns and collect the guns you can do both uh you know I, any collector would tell you you can't do both but uh, i like the idea of shooting the guns that i have even if they're great historical pieces uh you know i i've brought that artillery luger out and, and there are people that tell me i should not be firing that thing i think it's such a uh, an amazing firearm to share with people this would have been a gun that uh would have been issued to machine gun crews it was initially you know used in world war one and there's this, it's got 19 it's from 1918 and it comes with a stock that you can you know shoulder really an amazing oh look at that what is that wow puff mushroom puff mushrooms see that's the other thing you know what you you come back from the bush and you've got this like mushroom that you make into a tea yeah i see that that's actually uh, chaga. Yeah. oh yeah that was no that's chaga that we're talking that, about. yeah yeah Okay, well, you, well no, but I'm saying no, but what I'm saying though is, you went on this trip and you have the ability to identify certain fungus. Okay, I'm looking at a picture. That's yeah. that's beautiful. Oh, it was on that. No, on the other ones, yeah. Yeah. Just like that. Okay, so wait, I want to explain this to people. So Sam, um, how is it that you know the difference between what's poisonous out there and what's not? Because like I can tell you right now, I would go out there and I wouldn't eat anything. I would just assume that everything is poisonous. But like, I mean, I'm sure you know how to identify things. Like I, Sam comes back from this trip and he makes me this tea out of a mushroom. And I, the first thing he says to me is, don't worry. <laughs> I'm like, you know, oh, wow, that's beautiful. Oh. You know, hunting in the fall, you know, is just, colors is oh. Folks, like, if you can imagine the most beautiful painting, you know, uh, that's what it looks like uh, in the Great White North. Man, those are, that's beautiful. beautiful anyway. That's beautiful. Wow. You know what? You, you got to send me that. Beaver Dam, everything I, I, you know what? I must have that video. Serenity. Yeah. Se please send me that video. Okay. That, that was, this, these moments like this, I wish you had Absolutely. Instagram. Oh, I know. So I'm looking at this body of water, and, and there's all these trees. It's a beaver's dam. Yeah, and, and you can see the reflection of all the trees in what appears to be a uh, you know beautifully still uh, body of water. And the trees are, you know, various colors from greens to bright, you know, yellows. Oh, like it's, it's gorgeous. Very picturesque. And so now I find myself wanting to go to this place, but I know how far away it is. That video just says, get outside. Man, does it ever. You know what? What a beautiful Listen place. Look at that water. That's the water yeah. coming over the top of the beaver dam. Okay, so you got, you got beavers. There, you know what? <laughs> I, I've been canoeing with Sam, uh, and I can tell you right now that if you get too close to beavers, they jump at you. Well, they splash. Right? They splash. Yeah, they splash. Well, they they, they, they splash the water with their tail in an effort to scare you away, and it comes at the most uh, you know calm moments. Yeah, they just jump out of nowhere like giant like giant forty pound rats right? out of the darkness. That's what it's like for a city kid to go out into the woods. You know, like you feel better knowing you have a gun with you. Uh, anybody that wants to characterize me as a, a paranoid, if you're out in the wilderness, you would definitely want to have a firearm with you and I'm, I'm looking yeah that's beautiful this is sounding see and the other thing too is as, as I'm watching that video Sam and, and as you're looking around with that camera uh, you know held in front of your face I'm sure to pan you're with me right along the trip, you, know? you you did a great job I, I really do uh, appreciate you collecting that that's beautiful but if you can imagine I, I could see myself holding my camera up and panning slowly across the water and then seeing like the face of a bear <laughs> in the camera it would be the last thing Next that time. they would find 
find they would find my camera <laughs> in, a pile, in, in a pile of bear shit with the last seconds scene of the CGV Alive. Right? It'll be like the Blair Witch Project. I'll have just enough time to scream, holy shit. You know, and, and so you actually have animals out there, folks, that are very dangerous. And oh, and very and, and, and wow, you're not on the top of the food chain. Oh yeah. So if you're out there in the woods, oh man, is that good, buddy? That's just onions. That's just onions. That's just onions with the bear, with the bear. Uh, okay. The, with the uh, moose flavor. You sautéed. Oh man. Okay. If you've never had sautéed mushrooms with essence of like moose meat, wow, is that delicious, buddy? I could eat a bowl of that. Just the onions. Oh. <laughs> I tell you, there wouldn't be—I I wouldn't be able to find a girl to talk to me within two miles. Oh, I would eat—I would eat a shit ton of that. That's delicious. Okay, so but wait, back. Let's get back on track. Bears. Okay, I really think this is important. This is a, this is this is a podcast where I want to cover a lot of bases because we've had a couple of new developments. That Maccabee defense. Yeah. All right. Fifty cal. That Maccabee defense. Mac 5.0. And for the people that haven't seen it, go into our pages. You'll find this thing. Uh, I gotta tell you. X, uh, Excalibur Barrels uh, has a terrific uh, barrel product, and it's accurate. And Maccabee Defense uh, product is more than capable of withstanding the pounding that uh, 50 Beowulf puts out. So you've got uh, you know a 300 plus grain bullet traveling at about 2,000 feet per second. It's about the same as 4570, and it's coming out of an AR style platform, but it's non-restricted. And so uh, Mac. You know, Big Mac uh, or, you know, Wyatt Singer, uh, for the people that don't know, the the uh, owner and uh, president of Maccabee Defense, uh, his lovely wife, beautiful child. Uh, you know, what a great family. They've put together this product called the Mac 5.0. It's a 50 caliber Beowulf rifle. And it is being, well, the need for it arose uh, because there was an issue with bears on Vancouver Island, and they've got a real problem over there. They're getting out of hand, right? Well, I, they put an end, I guess, to the grizzly hunt, is what I'm told. Uh, and as a result, the population numbers went up. The animals start looking for new sources of food, and so some of them have swam across. There was never known to be bears uh, of that size on the island. There was never known to be grizzly bears on Vancouver Island. There wouldn't be much need, uh, you know. And occasionally, some may you know swim across to get away, you know, uh, during a fight or something like that. But the truth is, is that bears were never on the island, but now they are. And and part of that might be attributed to the increased numbers because nobody was hunting them. And so now you've got an island of people and uh, a population of bears that have swam across that generally speaking, they're weighing in at what, like 800 pounds plus, you know, grizzly bears? No? Uh, well, they get big. They are big animals. Are they, yeah. They're not small. Yeah. So, so if you can imagine, you know, something the size of a car, you know, with claws and teeth that has left, has left uh, the mainland to swim across a body of water to check out and see if there's anything to eat on the island. And you know, I got, you know, Bugsy's over there. I think, I think that the bears might not be as safe, safe a bet as you may think. But uh, I guess they've been swimming across and they've, been, they've landed there in numbers and the fly fishermen 
are encountering these things. So they're out not there, safe that way. right? Yeah. So so you know, for the people that don't know, grizzly bears are not even like normal bears. They're like a super bear, and and you can't just clap and wave your hands and they'll go they're away. They're an eating machine. They're designed, you know, like to to kill things, and they have these huge claws, and they're not cuddly, and you do not want to get anywhere <laughs> near like one. Like okay, they're not. They're they're very dangerous animals, and if you if you find yourself anywhere near a grizzly bear, it might it might just rip you in half. Like we're not talking about like you know you can outrun this thing. If you run into one in, in the woods and it can see you, <laughs> and it can outrun. see if it can see you, it can run to you. And if it and, and if you think for one second that you're gonna outrun a grizzly bear, I can tell you I've seen footage of these things moving along at about 40 miles an hour. You, yeah. So so now now there's a car with claws on it, right? Crushing through dense bush to get to you to SUV. eat you. Like yeah, okay, like an SUV. It probably looks like an elephant. The thing has teeth and is is bearing down on you and you're out there and you don't have a gun. You're you're really in a lot of trouble. Some people say carry pepper spray, uh, bear repellent. Some people think that that's just going to make you tasty. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, that's kind of like a humane way of I guess trying to piss a bear off you know they, there's this funny saying I saw it in a meme it says whatever doesn't kill you makes you stronger except for grizzly bears grizzlies will fucking kill you, you right? yeah. <laughs> so so grizzly bears are these animals they're out there they're now on the island the fly fishermen have identified you know a, a real danger and so they're out there fishing and they wanted something lightweight semi-automatic they didn't want to operate you know a lever action you, you need something potent enough to stop grizzly bears and so, as a bear defense, this this thing is uh, ideal. It's it's you know of course limited currently to a couple of rounds, but we're working on five round mags for it because uh, people don't want to get into operating a lever gun with 45, 70 power is what you need for or grizzly a possible bear. Possible failure with the lever, right? Action. Or yeah, you panic because you, you're you're not in a. You're not in your regular thinking mode. You're in yeah, your pants like mode. I'm uh, yeah, like I just left. I left the log in my shorts mode. Like yeah, so so, so so yeah. So imagine, folks, you've got this you know SUV size uh, animal rushing through the woods to to eat you. Like not joke around, eat you. Like eat you, end your life, eat you. And and you don't want to be uh, one without a gun. Two, uh, you don't want to be operating a gun that may fail on you. And and when you get really nervous and something's about to eat you and kill you, you you might just get a little nervous, you know, when that's all happening. And, you know, maybe you miss the first shot. Uh, maybe you rack the action and you short stroke it because you're so excited about taking shot two. And you, of course, now pull the trigger and it goes click. And so now you're really amped up because this thing has covered uh, a lot of ground really fast and it doesn't seem to be slowing down. And it's a freight train. It's not even stopping for trees. It's coming right through them. Oh, the trees are just falling down. Yeah. So like, like the same way you might run through some tall grass you know like this thing is not slowing down it looks like it weighs about a million pounds it's probably closer to what we, we, we figure grizzly bears bears weigh. they get up there no, you, yeah you know what I, I, hard I, to I, say but i heard that the east coast or oh, the west coast grizzlies get up there quite yeah like well they got they got they, well, they got a, a good food supply in the water. They got fish, right? Mm, they can hang salmon. out. Salmon. Salmon. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right. Well, that's that's where the fishermen go, right? So, yep. so you can imagine, folks, if you're living on Vancouver Island, you know, prime real estate, really nice place to live. Fantastic people over there. Uh, you know, I've made several trips. You know, really, um, really a beautiful place. And the weather's really nice. Uh, I hear more often than the mainland in some respects. But 
you know, living on the island, you, you want to fish, uh, you're going to be in the company of bears. So Maccabee Defense has come up with this, this firearm where you don't have to operate a lever and you can get a couple of rounds off really fast and it's reliable. And we've tried it. We love it. And I can tell you right now, it's, it's about five inches shorter than an average lever gun might be. And it weighs a little bit more, but that'll come in handy when it comes to managing the recoil. And I want the, that weight to manage yeah, the recoil. The yeah. 70 is pretty heavy. You see my chop of that. Yeah. That's even with a 12-inch barrel. We're, we're, waiting, we're waiting right now on a Aeronox uh, compensator. They're butterfly. Their butterfly compensators are so oh, beautiful. Yeah. 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 And you know what? I saw it, and my first question was, because can he make it? Well, can, can he can he make it in 50 cal? I asked right away. And uh, Aeronox uh, out of the USA is making uh, a number of products. We really love the handguards uh, for AR-15 and our AR-15 style product uh, are amazing. And uh, that grip, that grip is so cool. And of course now, um, you know this. I, I really. You know, I really have found myself kind of impressed with the products that are coming out of Maccabee Defense, and I understand they're importing those items. And, uh, you know, that, that gun, uh, we've sent it out on a couple of hunting trips. Unfortunately, yeah, I didn't send it with you. I really wish I had sent the Maccabee with you. We oh, we could have we used it because we, uh, I tell you, man, that bear, Yeah. that bear stopped an 8-millimeter round with his rib. Yeah. It mushroomed on his rib. This is a Mauser, 8-millimeter Mauser. How far was the shot? Wait, whoa, whoa. How, how far was the shot? 120 yards, not even. Okay, so... Not so, even. So you're telling me it went in, it stopped at a rib? It just tickled him. Oh, boy. It just tickled the bear. The bear went... It was... Really? So was it... So that, you know? So it was a brown bear, okay, yep. and... And and it was a Remington soft point. Uh, is it a Remington soft lock, point? Yep. Okay, so so you got soft point, typically hunting uh, ammunition. ammunition yep. It's it's eight millimeters. So I guess I guess uh, the, the rifle of choice was a, a key ninety eight Mauser that had been sport. It was handed down to him. So yeah. That's yeah. Piece. So it was it was his dad's gun, and so this eight and millimeter the probably from the seventies. Yeah. Oh yeah. You know what? Not not quite as hey buddy, not. Uh, not to joke around, but like the eight millimeter uh, Mauser ammunition during the war and soft point, you know, hunting ammunition would be ballistically, you know, close. But I, I would imagine the the surplus military ammunition might be a bit hotter and certainly would have um, that uh, that that fully enclosed uh, full metal jacket bullet. Mm -hmm. But so so there there are some things that would, you know, slow it down a little bit, but it, it had to go bury through, I guess, a, a bunch of fat and that slowed it down considerably. That's, OK, so I don't think it was a lot of fat, but it's still on the. It's, it did more. It, it, so, so, eight millimeter is basically the uh, German equivalent of thirty odd six, folks. And so, it's got a again a pretty powerful cartridge traveling downrange at you know close to uh, twenty eight hundred feet per second. You know, I, somewhere I think it's about twenty four, but it's got a heavier projectile, so it's got some good penetrating qualities. It stopped in the bear's rib. Rib. It stopped in its rib, and so you know the idea that well, any that was a lever action, and that was your first shot. Oh yeah, you're you'd have to take... get a second shot, and he's coming at you. Yeah, well, and... what choice do you really have? Well, and that's another. That's a Maccabee defense. Next load, boom, no problem. Yeah, no. and... if you have to tap that forward, <laughs> but otherwise you're not going to have a problem. Well, you know, and the other thing I've heard about grizzly bears is they tend to run immediately. People don't understand when you shoot an animal, they don't just fall over and die. Like they they will travel well, a distance. Run in the direction that the sound came from. Yeah, the the grizzly grizzly gr grizzly bears yeah. will run in the direction the sound came from. They are such testosterone driven, you know, hulking monsters that they run right at the thing that just heard it. And and so the idea that something would come 
crashing in your direction after you shoot it. It wouldn't die right away. It does require uh, a second shot sometimes and a third, you know, depending on whether or not you got steady hands. Because, like, the idea that something would turn around after getting hit with that and decide that it's going to rush in your direction would make you feel, what, a little bit more confident if you had uh, something a little bit more on the more powerful end of the spectrum. Uh, I can tell you, if I shot at something with an 8mm Mauser and it turned around and growled at me, I would be really, <laughs> I would be really unnerved uh, by that 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 image in my mind just sends a chill down my spine so so the eight mil the first one hit it and mushroomed and then and then it kept coming yeah. it kept coming okay and so the, you, down one bit. yeah and so what what ended up what ended up happening that you uh, i took a, a chest shot a chest shot because it was coming out of straight bore and, and i saw i saw an image on the screen of a heart that that had been hit yeah, that was a moose heart that was that was a moose heart, heart great yeah. shot whoever it was that took that shot yeah, or it really yeah, yeah you know what there's uh, uh, very ethical that would have that that animal was dead before it ever hit the ground and uh, that's one thing I know about you Sam is you, you're a firm believer in ethical hunting and uh, I, you know how important that is to me yeah. too that was uh, that was my buddy Andrew's shot yeah on his moose yeah St- stellar incredible shot stellar yeah. shot you know yeah. uh, clean through and through it was almost like it was almost like the heart was the the target oh yeah uh, he, he couldn't have taken a more perfect shot how, how far was that shot at that shot, I think, was 175 yards from what I was What? Yeah. Okay, well, my hat's off. My my hat's off to that guy. He can really uh, he can and really put him down sights. there. With iron sights, iron he did that? Sights. No yeah. way. Yeah. Well, you know what, buddy? He knows uh, his gun well. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I I got to tell you right now, if you can if you can hit hit that shot at 175 yards, he's a better man than me. I, I can't. Well, I'm looking. You've seen the 200 yard gong at Silverdale, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Think of it like that with like iron that. sights. Yeah, okay, all right. Think well, you're short of that, but with iron sights. Yeah, but it's the heart, though. He hit the heart, like, right on. He must have, man, that's a, that's a good shot. I'm, uh, I'm not going to take anything. Well, that's an and accurate gun. Miss small. It's always been the thing. Yeah. Right? If you see where you're, where you're, you know, where the spot is, where the most lethal shot is, that's what you have to procure. You have to make sure that you get that spot. Yeah, you and know. take whatever it takes, you know, steady yourself with a branch or whatever it takes or whatever, or, or you know, put yourself on a knee, you know, or whatever you need and, well, you know, I, I could find I could find myself out there with you sooner or later, Sam. I'm gonna get you to get me out hunting on a on a trip at some point. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've been on a canoe ride with you. I can tell you, I'm not not too fond of the. Uh uh, beavers that, that I see out on these yeah, trips, just, right? They can they be kind of scary. They, they they play games with you a little bit. I don't like the way they jump out at you in the middle of the night. Sometimes. Well, they don't jump out. That's just a slap. Well, you, well, you, you know, they're, they're all calm and mellow and enjoying the surroundings. Uh, yeah, they they boo, they yeah, boo, yeah. Well, yeah, it's, it's all calm until you it's put like the flat. that one friend we all have. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Anyway, Sam, thank you so much for joining me on the show today. I can't tell you how much fun it is to always spend time with you, buddy. It's been a long time, We're right? It has been. You know, we we will Montreal trip, right? We we are going to have to do another one again very soon. Uh, it's been a great, great time uh, sitting here with you, uh, sh- certainly sharing some stories. I'm really looking forward to doing my next one already. I've got an idea in my mind. Uh, I'll just be taking that laser arms uh, home uh, with me. <laughs> no, it's, you, I, there is, that's a fact. I just turned his hearing aid off. I'm going glazed. I can tell you love it. I, You know what? I, I'm sure uh, Mark from Trigger Wholesale will be very happy that you've got that in your possession now. It sounds like it did a good job. I'm really happy about that. Yeah, happy. yeah. Well, well, it we, brings in some really good stuff. It's you know, like so hard to choose because it's like, oh, that 410 Libra action. Okay, he, he's got so many in it. In his in his vault, there are like so many that he's brought in. I'm like, 
oh, maybe I should get one of those. And as soon as I see something I like, and then he brings in something else. It's like, Mark, can you stop? I'm trying to catch yeah, up. Yeah, I'm trying to catch oh, up with this so lineup. Cool. Oh, I like if you that. haven't I like seen this one, I like, yeah, I like this one. If you haven't seen, if you haven't seen the lineup at Trigger Wholesale, they got some fantastic product. Uh, we I definitely really don't want to be forced to buy another safe. Okay. Yeah, stop you know, it, he's and and actually, you mentioned the vault, and you know, and I wanted to talk to people about this. At some point, of course, we're gonna have to get you guys off to the vault. I'll uh, I'll, I'll make arrangements to head down there. People don't know uh, the Canadian gun vault actually is a place uh, we haven't really shared this with a lot of people yet but uh, we'll be pulling a lot of people ask me where I get all the guns from in the pictures and I can tell you that you know a lot of it's based in collectors and uh, we now of course you know uh, have a centralized location that we uh, got some of these spots uh, filled with some great classic pieces and we're going to be bringing uh, this to our audience we're going to be doing a little bit of uh, disassembly videos are coming oh, up great. yeah I want you there for those uh, so we'll dip into the vault essentially folks we we have a museum and we want to share with you uh, some of the amazing things that go along with firearm ownership. And uh, certainly it's always a challenge with some of these older guns to take them apart. I I'm going to really lean on you hard, buddy. Yeah. But uh, we're going to be bringing people uh, into the vault, and they're going to be able to see these guns. Uh, like a living museum, man. Yeah. Not just like a museum yeah. that you, it's going to be interactive. You're going to... You know what? Learn something. We got, we got, we, something. dude. We got, we got some big plans. We're certainly going to make it as exciting as uh, we can for the audience. Uh, I definitely know that you're going to be a big part of it, and uh, we're going to be uh, getting together real soon to discuss the future of the Canadian Gun Vault. Right, anyway, thank you, folks, for listening. Uh, don't forget to like and subscribe to us on YouTube and on Instagram. And as always, Canada, don't keep your powder dry. Oh, look, you, you jumped in for that. <laughs> you know what? Fine. You make it your podcast. No, it's yours, but <laughs> <laughs> My name's Hi, Sam. Hi, Jack. Uh, but you're awesome. <laughs> that might be my name. That this might be my name. This, uh, Sam. <laughs> this is exactly why I love working with Sam, folks. See you guys. Take All care. Right. Good night.